Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. I'm Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA, and today we're continuing our series on the story of our loop, where we bring in some of our gold loopers, which is anyone who's completed the entire route, and they tell us a little bit about their own loop, because everyone's loop is, is a little bit different. So today we have the Wright family with us, and um, it's always nice to have a family because we know that post-COVID, a lot of people have done the virtual schooling and found it works for them. So we've got lots of families out there contemplating the loop. So we're excited to hear the story of their loop. But before we jump into the topic, I do want to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes & Associates, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And with the business out of the way, I want to go ahead and welcome the Wright family. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great to see you all again. I know we we got to meet face to face. I think a couple of times while you were underway, mm -hmm. um, particularly at the fall rendezvous. Um, and we know that Max is here with us today, but Annabelle is at school. So um, the Wright family is a family of four who did the loop, but we're just a short one today and that's okay. <laughs> um, but tell us, you know, first of all, what made you decide to take on the loop? So many people wait until their kids are grown and out of the house and you decided to, to take them along with you. So what led you to your interest in the loop and to go ahead and do it as a family? We well, the interest well, in our loop really yeah. came from Dave. <laughs> yeah, a long time ago, uh, we knew we wanted to go cruising before kids, and we thought we had enough money to do it, and then it just didn't happen, uh, for one reason or another. And then we had kids, and um, just decided that we needed to do it. What it really came from, we found the book, Honey, I Bought a or Honey, I, Honey, I Bought, bought a, a Boat, boat. yeah, buy a boat. whatever that one is. I yeah. was stuck in Portland, Maine over 9 11 and found that book. And I uh, started reading it, brought it home and said, honey, we're doing this. And I and said, okay. <laughs> One years later, we finally did it. Yeah, yeah we went through uh, the first year of COVID schools and decided that we probably couldn't do any worse. So we <laughs> took it on ourselves and uh, said, we're doing a boat trip. And at that point, our daughter said, I don't really want to do a boat trip. I've done enough boat trips. And she signed up to be an exchange student. Well, with COVID, <laughs> it didn't work out so well for her. Uh, she'd start to learn Swedish and she'd get placed with a family, but then the schools would reject her because they weren't allowing uh, foreign students in. So we went through yeah. that three times. And that was a little bit difficult too, because then we, when we said we were going to go ahead and do the loop, that was maybe June-ish. Uh, and then we left in August. And so we had anticipated leaving about the time that Annabelle would be leaving. Well, then she didn't leave. So then we were trying to time being in Chicago so that she could do her in-person uh, visa requirements and things at the Swedish embassy. And then that didn't work out. And as you know, she ended up with us all the way until the rendezvous at Joe Wheeler and then flew to Denmark. So that's Annabelle's story. Yeah. <laughs> but it did, it did make a little bit different um, trying to get to Chicago on the boat, trying to do those different things were a little bit different for us because for of sure. our kids. <laughs> yeah. And Max, how old were you when you started the loop? Uh, I turned 14. Yeah. Yep. So 13 is uh, how old I was when we, when we left. And how did you feel about the idea of, you know, spending a year or so aboard traveling around the country? I thought it sounded fun. 
Um, my parents really talked it up a lot and uh, it was very fun doing it. Yeah. So um, you kind of, uh, in one of your pre-interview questions, um, and I, I think it was Dave who answered this, or it might've been Amy, um, but you know, said you were working, it was a bit like having kids. There is no perfect time. Um, <laughs> so you had voted before though. So kind of, you know, give us a little bit of that voting pedigree that made this, you know, probably not quite so large a leap for your family to, to spend the time on board. We bought our first boat in Seabright, New Jersey, yeah. and people laughed at us for that uh, because they're like, oh my gosh, that's scary. How are you going to get that home and blah, blah, blah. And it was a sailboat. Uh, we figured it out and brought it back. And yeah. we sailed on that for more than 10 years, enjoyed it, bought a bigger sailboat, did a little more sailing on that. Really, I mean, yeah. that was it's our typical summer family vacation. So we'd do two or three weeks out at a time. Yeah. And, so uh, we, we live on the Great Lakes. So we're in Lake Erie. Um, so I know you hear it over and over how the Great Lakes are some of the best cruising ground on the loop. And we believe that too, <laughs> but that's home for us. So we do spend a lot of our extended cruising between like Erie, Pennsylvania and Mackinac Island. Um, is about the amount of time we would normally have to cruise in the summer. But like Dave was saying, when we bought our first boat, it was much like bloopers buying their first boat because we had bought it in Seabright, New Jersey, and we sailed it back ourselves um, with Annabelle. She was four. Three, three or four at the time mm -hmm. and, um, you know, came all the way through the Erie Canal and, and back to home with it. So that was what we had done previously. Um so we felt pretty confident in taking off and going, but the first time we did it, it was much more like, think of it as a series of day trips. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you might be moving from Marina to Marina. There are always people around to ask for help and it becomes a little more manageable that way if you're not as experienced. Mm -hmm. So you had previously been sailors, but you did not mm -hmm. use a sailboat for the Great Loop. So uh, tell us, about your Great Loop boat and why you chose that over a sailboat that you had been familiar with and, and been sailors for a long time. We're big fans of having the right tool for the job. And for this one, we didn't want a sailboat. Uh, primarily, we love to sail, but you'd have to have the mast down so much. And coming through the Erie Canal our first time, the mast was just always in the way on the deck. And mm -hmm. with the, we had a 47 foot sailboat, so it was gonna be a really big mast to deal with. And or have it shipped and those kind of things. And we looked into that and then the draft was a bit more. So we decided we wanted a trawler, something that was still fuel efficient and we bought a Nordic tug. Uh, it was very fuel efficient. We got uh, five, we'd go through 5.5 gallons an hour if we were doing nine and a half knots and we'd get eight and a half knots at uh, three and a half gallons an hour. And that's with a little bit of generator time in there. But uh, that was our average going around the loop. But that, the key was that that boat was 42 feet. Uh, Max had requested that if Annabelle didn't make it, that it, there was at least bunk beds because it was a shared room. And it was extremely comfortable for us. Yeah. We really liked the pilot house design, the fact that if it was cold out, all of a sudden we had heat and air conditioning. <laughs> Not like the sailboat when we're outside in the cockpit when it's, it's cold out. Um, so yeah, like Dave said, it, it was mostly a decision of what, boat fit most of the trip for us. Um, mm -hmm. We were a little concerned that we would really, really miss the sailboat once we ended up towards Florida, the Bahamas, and that kind of, uh, that part of the trip. But honestly, I think the tugboat worked out really well for us. Mm -hmm. And we ended up deciding to put the sailboat up for sale and we kept the tugboat so we can do a little bit of Canada in the future. Mm -hmm. 
And based on the time frame that you looped, uh, did you get to go to Canada? I, I believe that was probably during that time when the border was closed because of COVID. It was closed when we started the trip. Mm -hmm. um, and when we were returning from the trip, as we kind of said a little earlier, uh, land life came back to us with yeah. kids. So Annabelle's Girl Troop was headed to London. Uh, both of our kids do 4-H. So we have animals that need to go to the fair. Uh, those kind of things kind of came back into play. So when we got back to Lake Erie, we hung in Lake Erie at home and then we'll do Canada in the future. Mm -hmm. We do often cruise to Canada on a regular basis, just not through the canal system. Right. So, and that kind of leads me to another question for Max. Max, um, you know, for younger kids doing the loop, they probably... Um, aren't as engaged in kind of their social life and their activities just yet. But for teens doing the loop, um, there's probably a lot more that you're away from at home. And your mom mentioned 4-H and, you know, obviously um, Annabelle with Girl Scouts, obviously you're very active in things outside of school. So what was that like on the loop? Was it really tough to be away from friends and the activities that you were doing at home? It was, but you know, through the power of technology, it was a little better because I was still able to communicate with my friends. Mm -hmm. And are, are you um, happy to His be back? His ability to stream yeah. around the internet was quite impressive. Streaming <laughs> around the loop was quite impressive. <laughs> Kids figure it out, I tell you. Um, but so, you know, you did miss a year of traditional school in favor of um, boat school um, or more virtual school. Um, but now you're back in traditional school, I believe. Do I have that correct? Mm -hmm. So how was the transition back? Are you glad to be back? I'm happy to be back, mostly because now I get to hang out with my friends a little more instead mm -hmm. of just seeing them on the camera. Mm -hmm. But um, it, I like uh, school at, on the, at home a little more, but both school was still fun yeah. just because I got a lot more experiences at boat school going around the loop mm -hmm. what did your friends think all the museums we went to uh, <laughs> <laughs> we saw that eye roll max <laughs> you got certified to die yeah that was cool fun, stuff. yes wow yeah. that's very cool but so what did your friends think max when you were um you know chatting with them online uh from all these different places were they like wow you know how did you get there or what were their thoughts about this adventure for you uh, they thought we were crazy. <laughs> um, when I started talking to them about it, though, they said it, they said it sounded really fun. Yeah. So I, I do also want everybody's loop is different, as I mentioned, and a lot of, um, a lot of things are based on your own cruising preferences, things like how fast you choose to travel. And some of that's based on fuel efficiency, whether you prefer marinas or anchorages, how far you tend to travel each day. And those are some of the, um, the pieces that put your own loop puzzle together. So tell us a little bit about some of those cruising preferences that you kind of, and you may have had great ideas on those before you left because you had done some extended cruising, but how did that all work out for you on the loop? We learned, uh, we <laughs> bought this boat in July and we left for the loop in August. And uh, having not had a trawler or a power boat before, it was a very different type of thing. So as a yeah. sailor, you'd go out in six foot waves and it wasn't that big of a deal, right? You have a steady and sail that keeps you over. You're not rolling all <laughs> around. Um, we took this boat out in six foot waves under around Mackinac <laughs> and we have a fairly high bow and yeah, not all, I mean, six foot's the 
average, right? And it was, it got it was our attention. four to six footers, but yeah, yeah it was like uh, four to six footers for, oh, maybe two miles offshore. Well, in our sailboat, sure, go. It'll be great in an hour, you know, or mm-hmm. two hours. And um, it, in this boat, it's a little bit different. So that was definitely a learning curve for us. Mm-hmm. But I think what we did keep from our traditional type of cruising um, is that we do like to spend a lot of time on the water. Uh, so we traditionally cruise longer days lots of days with maybe 70 miles instead of 40. Um, we did a few hundred mile days. Um, so if the weather was beautiful, you had great light, depending on the time of year and where you were at, we tended to stay out on the water a little bit longer than maybe, um, the average, um, sometimes. Yeah. We really enjoy just being on the water. So we'd have days where we're out on, uh, like the Chesapeake Bay and it was flat calm and there's a million cool stops, but it was such a beautiful day. And you could just look into the water and see rays everywhere. We saw hundreds of of rays that day. And because the water, I mean, I don't know that this body of water is really ever that calm, but it was so glass flat that you could just see them all just, just swimming along with you, hundreds of them and big schools of fish. Um, It was amazing. Actually, you like Max is saying he loves the Bahamas because you can be in 50 feet of water and still see the bottom. And here we are in the Chesapeake and you can see the rays swimming with you because there's not a ripple on the water. It was beautiful. So we chose to stay out and, you know, make a yeah, eight mile day that day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So given that you love being on the water, did that lead you to anchor a lot or did you prefer marinas? Uh, we differ a little here (laughs) yeah I enjoy anchoring Uh, my wife enjoys the social aspect of the marinas a lot Uh, as we went around the loop I was fond of saying that I did we found out that I did not meet her conversational needs Uh, (laughs) my wife likes to talk things through think about things a lot she wants to go in depth on things and I'm quite happy with a yes or no answer But I love that, that um, Amy was still able to find that on the loop because you're out there with some other loopers and you can, you can find that at the, at the marina if you want to have those conversations. Yeah, she loved waking up in the morning, going down, saying hi to everybody <laughs> and making all kinds of new friends. Yeah, we also travel with our dog. So um, I was usually the morning dog walker while other people slept in. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so that is our dog's a little bit older. So it, being at the dock is a little more convenient. Um, she did like the dinghy and we all enjoy anchoring out, but I prefer to anchor out some and be a marina some versus anchor mm-hmm. out all the time. <laughs> and these- I think having a, a pet yeah. with you changes that equation a little bit as well, because it is a little bit harder um, at anchor with a pet that needs to get to shore. Obviously it's doable. And some people enjoy that morning, you know, walking the dog, doing it in the dinghy yeah. and getting them somewhere. But we're, now that we're kind of far enough south, we're starting to see gators. So we're at anchor and there were a few boats here last night that had small dogs and they were like, nope, <laughs> right. not taking the dog ashore. And I certainly don't blame them when you start to see gators on the banks. So um, yeah, all those things. The rivers, it was really easy. You just look for, because the boat launches are they, marked yeah. on the charts everywhere. And after our first episode of pulling up the muddy bank and getting <laughs> the dog like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm going to roll in it. <laughs> Uh, and then get washed her off on the boat, which wasn't a fun experience. But, uh, uh, there's tons of boat launches, and you, those are so easy to pull up and let your dog off at, and you can tie up your dinghy. It's just super easy that way. Yeah, and a lot of the boat launches um, have like a little park area with them or a restroom and that kind of thing as well. So we did get very good at finding uh, anchorages close to boat launches mm-hmm. because we had the dog with us. So. Yeah. 
yeah, that for people who travel with a dog that does not use a uh, potty pad on the boat, mm -hmm. the the key for us was finding boat launches along the way. And there are quite a few of them. Yeah, that's a great tip. And you're right, because even in um, less populated areas, there's probably actually more in some of the less populated yeah. areas because there's more people who are trailering their boat and wanting to drop it into the water. So that's a great tip. We've also been finding this year with the water so low, um, mm. in some places people are just kind of able to beach their dinghy on a beach that probably doesn't exist when the water is at a normal level. <laughs> and yeah. let the dog off. So I think it's been a little bit easier this season, but of course um, it would also be nice if the water was a little higher than it is right now. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and take a break and play a message from our sponsors. Um, when we come back, I wanna shift a little bit more into you know some of the highlights and the expectations you might've had versus the reality of what doing the loop was actually like. So we'll jump into that side of it when we come back. We'll be back in a moment. This is a message from Captain Scott A. Wally. Hello fellow loopers. SA Wally Marine Services is new to AGLCA, however, not to boating nor the boating community. Very few people have the opportunity to experience the Great Loop. In doing so, the time may come where some guidance and or assistance is needed. This may be in the form of either travel or technical support. My goal as a seasoned captain and AGLCA sponsor is to be there for fellow boaters as we are all shipmates in this exciting adventure. Signed, Captain Scott A. Wally of S.A. Wally Marine Services. We're back on Great Loop Radio. My guests today are the Wright family, and they are sharing the story of their Great Loop. Um, so we've heard a little bit about your cruising preferences and the boat itself, and um, let's talk about what you kind of expected. From all three of you probably had different expectations, but what did you expect, and how did that kind of measure up to the reality of, of being on a boat together as a family for about a year? You want to go first? Well, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the trip really was what I expected. Like I said, we've always enjoyed cruising. We've mm -hmm. done a fair amount of it with our boat club and just on our own. So going into new ports and areas, it's fun. It's exciting. And the most pleasant things are the unexpected, right? So we didn't, like I think we mentioned earlier, we got to Mobile. We didn't expect Mardi Gras at all, but it was the first day of Mardi Gras, the first Mardi Gras back. And the town was excited. Uh, it was fantastic to, we got to go to the history museum on the Mardi Gras stop. Um, I enjoyed the history at all of the stops that we went. You go into all of these little towns along the way and they all, have, they might have a one room museum, but we found it because <laughs> we were doing old school along the way. And uh, it was, it was really neat. I mean, we'd say places like that. We got to Kenosha, Wisconsin. They had a great civil war museum. In Wisconsin, um, <laughs> it was fantastic. Wow. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought? But they had three or four great museums and I think all but one were free. Um, mm -hmm. It was just all those little stops that we didn't plan or we didn't know. That's what I enjoyed the most. Uh, the ones that we planned, they're still fun, but the surprise is the exciting part. Yeah, I think um, like for me, like Dave said, we cruised previously. So the cruising part wasn't a big surprise, but. Uh, we also, when we cruise, we tend to not make reservations. We like to be out on the water. We say, oh, it's about three o'clock. We might want to think where we're going tonight. And then we'll start calling and make reservations. So a lot of the places that we ended up, uh, we didn't really know about beforehand because we didn't know that's where we're going. We're just not planners in that way, except for Chicago. Um, and we spent time there being a tourist. Um, we went to the Bahamas, uh, same thing there. We didn't really plan a whole lot. And this is where not planning a whole lot can 
end up not in your favor. I really wanted to stop at Atlantis. And the time that we were there is when they were celebrating the Queen's Jubilee and they did not have room for us. So I didn't get to do that. So the things that are very important for you may be planned for, um, but we also enjoyed the surprises of where we ended up. Uh, the other thing that I was a little bit unsure of is that when we cruise for a couple of weeks or three weeks, it's very easy to provision the boat for three weeks or a month. Um, and then you come home. Well, on this trip, you go the whole time. So for me, um, I was like, all right, we're going to figure out this provisioning thing. And it was pleasant to find that there are courtesy cars. There are places that are very bikeable to get groceries. Uh, some people even did the like uh, grocery delivery to some marinas will let you have groceries come in. People so, loan you their cars that you've never met. Yes, people are very friendly, very helpful. Um, which I think is typical in marinas, but when people say, oh, you need a car, you have to go to the grocery, it's, you know, they get excited. So fly that Great Loop flag <laughs> and everybody, um, they will come find you because, uh, you know, people are interested in the trip and not everybody does it. So that I think was maybe the biggest surprise part in the cruising of it is, you know, as the one who does most of the provisioning part, <laughs> I was a little bit worried about that for the whole time, but it was very pleasantly surprised and very, very easy. People are always willing to help. I guess the one biggest surprise I had was I expected more mechanical issues along the way, and we really didn't have many. We had a couple hoses and just age-related things, but nothing significant, and that's what I was I thought that might be the bigger challenge of this is fixing your boat in exact places along the way. And it turned out to be pretty much a non-issue. Yeah, for us, we were pretty fortunate. What about yeah. you, Max? What was your challenges or things you expected or didn't expect? Or... Well, um, I I know I kind of gave a little eye roll about the museums earlier, but <laughs> uh, there were a few really good ones that I particularly enjoyed. And a lot of the ones, like like my dad said, were the, uh, the ones that I liked were the ones that we didn't really know we're there and it was just really interesting going around and finding all the little museums. Yeah. So this is a, you know, maybe a little bit of a, a tough question. So we'll come back to Max kind of last on this so we give him a chance to think about it, but what did you as individuals or as a family gain by going on this adventure together? Our number one goal on going on this trip was uh, to build family unity. So like most people, we, we live in a house every day. Our kids have their own room. There's places for everybody to retreat and have their own spot. Our daughter was just getting ready to, she's going to graduate this year. And our son's 14 now. So they're both in high school. We were hoping to get one more family trip in to do some family bonding so that before the kids start going off to college and leaving us. <laughs> yeah, so that was really our number one goal is just to figure out how to work together as a family again. And we figured no better way of doing that than putting ourselves on a small boat <laughs> and being forced to do teamwork as you go through locks or mm. launch the dinghy or whatever the challenge of the day is, Dogs, right? those kind of things, yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, I think it, it was actually pretty nice. I know it's every teenager's dream to live within six feet of their parents 24 hours a day. But, <laughs> uh, I thought it was really nice. We were, um, at home, we do typically like a family <laughs> night or a family movie night here and there. But like we had said before, our kids are pretty busy outside of 
school, they do activities where sometimes divide and conquer running in two different directions. So it was really nice to have all of us on the boat together and, you know, parents versus the kids at board games. <laughs> um, I did learn how to play Mario Kart. I, some video game. <laughs> I, I usually don't play video games at home. My kids Things are a little like older than yours, but yes, I have played Mario Kart in my day too. <laughs> yeah, so those kind of things. And, you know, the surprising time when mom's winning, who's, how is mom winning? You know, those things are fun. So um, that was kind of a goal family-wise for us that I think was, at least for Dave and I, trying to keep our kids close. Close knit. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Max? <laughs> 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 what well, were your goals for family going on the trip goals for family or what did you find with our family dynamics while we were on the trip living so close together um I guess that we got uh a little closer together being like she said within six feet of uh each <laughs> other every day we kind of couldn't really escape each other so we uh definitely grew a little closer and just better at working together. Yeah, it was really obvious, especially by the time we got to Joe Wheeler, that our kids were working together and they were hanging out together and they typically haven't been friends, uh -huh. <laughs> per se, right? So. Yeah, and um, Max, you sh shared a room with your sister, correct? Yep. So <laughs> that's probably, you know, kind of every teenage boy or teenage girls, you know, Worst nightmare is sharing a room with their brother or sister. So how did that go? It, it wasn't that bad, uh, <laughs> mostly because we had bunk beds. Mm -hmm. And on our sailboat, we didn't have bunk beds. So I was out in the so living room area or the kitchen area sleeping oh. out on the bed yeah. uh, on the sailboat. But it was a lot better with bunk beds mm -hmm. and I guess separate areas of the room when we were all talking about what we wanted in our next boat, that was one of Max's requests that if his sister somehow ended up on the trip, that we at least have a bunk bed so that right. they didn't have to care. <laughs> yeah. So what advice do you have for somebody who's new to the idea of the great loop and is, you know, seeing and hearing your family talk about this adventure right now and, and thinking, wow, maybe we can do that. What advice do you have for them to, you know, kind of get started and, and get going? What really surprised me when we're out there is how many new boaters are out there. Like mm -hmm. we've always told friends or other fellow boaters, if you want to do it, just leave and do it. The hardest part for us was getting off the dock. Like I said, we had delays trying to leave, but um, I would say for a new boater, I would say, get the boat, learn the boat. Uh, take a, take a take power pattern class or whatever is close to you. So you basic boater safety and navigation and understanding weather and waves. Um, I think would be the things that I would focus on those things. Everything else is just a series of day trips that will come into play. Mm -hmm. um, and they fall into place pretty easily. As long as you understand the safety of the trip you're trying to do. Right. Um, but weather, I would say go, go, yeah, like drop the lines and go. <laughs> weather was a big one. Make sure you learn something about weather, yeah. right? It, it's not a huge factor when you're on the rivers and stuff, but we had days that we kind of got talked out of going because other people we would have normally gone yeah. and other people were intimidated by it. Right. So make Find it your, your own. comfort level. Yeah. And that's yeah. some of that just comes with experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and when you said that you, um, 
knowingly went out on six foot waves (laughs) (laughs) because your sailboat could very easily handle that. And that that was a learning curve that in a a different boat, that's not as comfortable. Um, You know, I kind of, um, I I giggled at that a little bit because like two foot (laughs) is my max. (laughs) I get get very seasick. Um, And, you know, for a lot of loopers, the idea of, we encourage people to know what to do in those kind of waves and mm-hmm. to have a boat that can handle right. those kinds of waves. And, and for most people, the boat can handle a whole lot more than the people aboard. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. For most looping boats, <laughs> six foot waves are just fine. Um, but most loopers would see anything close to six and not even think about leaving the dock. And I, I love that you have the adventures in spirit. And that, that decision for you was based on experience. Um, right. Yes. But so I think you're right, Amy, that everybody's got a different level of comfort, but you do need to understand how to interpret that for yourself. There's so many resources that can be helpful. Um, yeah. But, you know, the weather, particularly on the Great Lakes and, and some of the, the crossings, you know, the passages on the East Coast can be, well, and of course the Gulf. But um, yeah, that's great advice, um, particularly yeah. for people who haven't voted before, understanding the boat and what it does in certain conditions. It's this all great advice and um, yeah when we got to the ocean we were super conservative because that was new to us so yeah. we were really careful on our passages to the bahamas and between the islands and the bahamas yeah and yeah had a few learning experiences there as well but yeah it was uh we, it was yeah. all very positive yeah we had a great trip all the way around and i i think that being great lakes boaters you learn to watch your weather and waves uh, pretty consistently if you are on the Great Lakes. It's a little bit different than being on the ocean because there's not a swell in the Great Lakes. So if you go out in not nice waves, um, you're going to be stuck in the trough all the time. Mm-hmm. There's no reprieve from it. Where if you're on the ocean and there's a swell and you have a long swell period, then you know it, it's a pretty comfortable ride, even though the wave height might be bigger. So I would say that would be my recommendation to new boaters is know your boat because you're going to be the one doing stuff on it but really understand the safety of boating. What are the rules of the road and understand how weather and waves affect you. And how do you boat. turn around in a big wave if you're right. thinking if you about going go out? Back. Yeah. yeah. And like we said, you, you knowingly went out in those conditions, but particularly on the Great Lakes, sometimes they um, sneak up on, on <laughs> yes. boaters. So yes, uh, yeah. that experience that you had previously was so helpful. Um, yeah. I always tell people, you don't have to be you know, pretty much lifelong boaters like the right family here. <laughs> to do the loop, but you do need to understand your boat and be comfortable and, and capable and confident with it. So that's great advice for newbies. Any final thoughts as we wrap up? Got anything? Not particularly. <laughs> yeah, I would just say like the a lot of people, like you said earlier, wait till they retire or wait till this. We were fortunate enough that our employers gave us some time and we both took the year off of work. Mm-hmm. Um, through leave of absences. Through leave of absences. Uh, but we did meet other people on the loop that are working while they're mm-hmm. on the loop and it works very well for them. So don't wait is really. Yeah, we really enjoyed it and we're yeah. excited and planning our next trip. Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up about um, your employers letting you take a leave of absence, because I did mean to ask you if you were working aboard or or not. Um, But there are more and more people working aboard, just like people found out during the pandemic that virtual school was a possibility. Uh, I think a lot of folks found out that working from anywhere could work. And I mean, I'm coming to you from an anchorage in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, We're jealous. But able to do this, able to record this. And so it's working for a lot of people. Yeah. The other thing that we realized too, that helped us get off the dock 
was we live in Michigan and you're transiting the Eastern seaboard of the US. So um, the furthest we would ever be from needing to get home would be 24 hour car ride if we couldn't get on a plane. But you really are able to find a plane or a rental car anywhere along the route. So um, much like everybody else doing the loop, aging parent issues, um, just things going on back at your home base, stuff like that, you can get to them. And knowing that you can get to where you need to be within a 24 hour time period, um, worst case it's a drive, but air airports are accessible, I think is another comforting thing to know too when you're saying I'm dropping the lines. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. The right family, Max and David and Amy, thank you for joining us and please give our best to Annabelle. We'll tell Will her do. hi. <laughs> yeah, thanks for sharing all these details. It's been really fun to learn about the story of your loop and um, we hope we'll continue to see you on things like this and then hopefully um, as loopers are coming by your area, um, yes, we'll be look able us to up. say hello. Yeah, yes. absolutely. We're listening to Harbor Host, so look us up. <laughs> Perfect. All right, well, thank you. And thanks for everyone who's watched or listened today. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising. <laughs>